who just walked in that door? Was it your next appointment? Um, do they know what to do? Do they know where you're at? Do they, do they, it could be a new person, somebody you've never met before and they have no idea what they're walking into. Is it somebody coming in for the first time for services or to, to learn more about your business? So it's a potential new prospect walking in just off the street. Um, is it a, is it a delivery? Is your lunch here? <laughs> you know, and, or, or, you know, your Amazon package, it, it's, it's delivered there and it's the thing that you were waiting on. Uh, if, it, if it's food, that's the thing I'm always waiting on, mm -hmm. but you don't know. And so all of a sudden, as a, as the practitioner, as the therapist, your level of anxiety goes up and now your attention is divided between the person right in front of you mm -hmm. and who just walked through that door and do they know what to do that that is the story that we hear over and over and over again in terms of what therapists and private practice owners uh, struggle with all the time hello i'm just really excited to share this episode with you i was thrilled with this conversation with michael ashford He's from The Receptionist, and we I originally talked to him because he's doing a presentation at the Level Up event with the practice of the practice, and he started talking about the, the brand he represents, The Receptionist, and how they can help therapists uh, solve their waiting room problem. And I was thinking, oh, this would be a great episode for the Scaling Therapy Practice because systems are what therapists need to solve some problems. And this seemed like a really innovative way to solve the waiting room problem. But what I found out is like, Michael's pretty deep, <laughs> like Michael's a pretty deep guy. And he, he, he has uh, a podcast and he's done Ted talks and he talks about the psychology of change and getting along with each other and his tip of the week. I'm going to save it for you or when you get into it, but it, it is a really great tip about getting along with other people. Um, yeah, the, this was just a jam-packed episode. Uh, I think it's 50 minutes long of us talking, but uh, every minute of it, I was just really learning something and growing myself. So listen to it for the receptionist and the waiting room problem, but also listen to it for some of the, the great wisdom he has about life and uh, people and culture, business culture. In fact, I want to have Michael back on. He doesn't know this yet because I'm just recording this now. So maybe when he listens to this episode, uh, he'll he'll hear it. But I want to know, you know, do you want to hear more about the psychology of change? Do you want to hear about how to give great speeches or the anatomy of a, uh, a great speech? Because he's given some TED, TEDx talks. Uh, and he's also a, a coach. So what are some of the ways to get started with there or any any other business systems that he that would bring in or all of those? Like what what would you want to have him come back and talk about? Because I could probably have him back on for all three. So, OK, so this is the this is the episode that helps you solve the waiting room problem. Um, make sure to check out the show notes with all the links. We have the links for the receptionist, the level up. Uh, event with the practice of the practice links to his TEDx talks. And I will try to find a link for the snowfall comparing Colorado to upstate New York.
just because we talked about that for a little. All right. Enjoy the episode. Psych Maven is proud to support the Scaling Therapy Practice Podcast. And if you are someone looking for ideas that are tailored to your own personal style on how to scale and grow your own impact and income as a mental health provider, we hope you might check out our free online assessment. If you go to stp.psychmaven.com, you can take our free personal inventory and find out what your builder type is as a helping professional. This assessment is quick and fun, and it comes with tons of customized resources with your results, so you can discover the best ways to scale that match your own personality. Find the assessment at stp.psychmaven.com. That is stp.psychmaven.com. Have fun with it. Thanks for joining us for the Scaling Therapy Practice. This is James Marland. Today I have a special guest, Michael Ashford. We're going to be talking about The Receptionist, a product or a service that he represents. But first, let me tell you a little bit about Michael. Uh, Michael's currently the Director of Marketing at The Receptionist in Denver, Colorado, and has spent the past decade building and learning marketing teams and at companies large and small. Prior to his career in marketing, Michael was an award-winning journalist after graduating from Kansas State University. Michael's approach to marketing focuses on scaling companies through the power of storytelling and humanizing brands. That's awesome. Welcome to the show, Michael. James, thanks so much for having me. It is a pleasure to be here with you, and I am humbled and honored that you would invite me onto the show. So looking forward to the conversation. So what's what's the weather like in Colorado these days in uh, February? Well, you know, February and March tend to be our snowiest months. Um, December and January were really snowy, so I'm a little bit nervous about <laughs> what what uh, March is going to hold for us as we record this on March 1st. But uh, right now, I mean, it's it's chilly, but not too bad. But uh, yeah, what's you never know largest, what you're going to get it here in Denver. <laughs> what's the largest snowfall? you've experienced living out there? Since I moved out here, uh, the first year my family and I moved out here, we had a 14-inch snowfall okay. um, down here in the city. Now, the mountains get a lot more, okay. but 14 inches was the most snow I'd ever seen in my life. <laughs> so so this year, I think we've had an inch in southern Pennsylvania. So not, oh my hardly gosh. anything. Yeah. But when That's I lived rare, in up- isn't it? Yeah, it's very rare. Normally, we get one or two good storms that have a couple inches to a foot. Um, when I lived in New York, uh, around the Syracuse area, we got some lake effect squalls that dumped four or five feet on us. Now, that that happens once a decade or something where I live, but we were closed down for a week. It was great as a, as a teenager. Um, it was a fun time. Oh, yeah. Of course. <laughs> so you you bring a, a lot of experience here uh, to to your position, and um, you so tell tell us a little bit about some of your your marketing and your speaking engagements and things that um, have led led you your story that's led you to this point. Oh goodness! Um, so I was born on a hot summer day in Manhattan, Kansas. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, skip skip a little. <laughs> Yeah, ahead. I'll fast forward a little bit. Uh, like you, like you read in my bio, uh, I I graduated from Kansas State and I was actually a sports journalist. So I, I went to okay. be the sports editor at a daily newspaper, 
And, you know, one of the things that I've found, James, is that if you know how to communicate, mm-hmm. if you know how to tell a story in the way, you know, and, and that's what a journalist is. They are communicators. They're curious by nature. Um, they, they tell stories. If you can do that, there's a lot of things in this world that you can do professionally. And for me, I got out of the journalism world when my wife and I got married and we wanted to have a kid, you know, we Mm want to have family and, um, the hours of a journalist don't lend itself to well to spending a lot of time with family. And that was not going to fly with me. So I got into, I went to the project management world at a tech company, worked my way over to the sales side and, and created some roles for myself there. Uh, and then eventually became the director of marketing at that company about four and a half years in. And ever since then, I've been leading marketing teams, leading and building marketing teams. I've been at private equity backed companies that were $150 million a year in revenue. And I've been at, you know, very, very small, you know, just a couple months in startups as the the first marketing hire. So, and a little bit of everywhere in between, <laughs> but uh, yeah, that, that's the marketing journey. And and one of the things I, I love about my journey is very early on, I was I was apprehensive about being and leading a marketing team because I didn't have the the quote unquote marketing education. Mm-hmm. But I actually think that served me well. Um like in I said way? earlier, I'm I'm Yeah, a, in what way? How did that how did yeah. that help? I'm a curious person by nature, like I said. Um I have a lot of energy, so I've I've often got my hands in a bunch of mm. other things besides just work. And when you are a curious person who isn't afraid to try things, who isn't afraid to throw something at the wall and say, "No, nah, I wonder how, I wonder how this is going to turn out," that can lend itself very well to lead, like creating an environment in a marketing team that fosters creativity that fosters you know not always doing things the way that they've always been done um more often than not you can you can teach the mechanics of marketing like how to set up and build an email list or you know how to how to set up a a social media management tool like you can you can teach the marketing what you can't teach is the curiosity and the want to understand something better and then then go and create an audience of people who also want to understand that better or or learn about that thing. Um, so I, I think that background in journalism and communications has served me well from that standpoint. I was appre- I, I had what is now called imposter syndrome very early mm-hmm. on, and that has completely gone away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I think marketing is so much more than just the tactics of understanding like the marketing software, if that makes sense. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. So uh, that's kind of led you, I'm, I'm going to get to our next segment, but that's led you yeah. to some interesting things. Uh, one of the things you, you've accomplished, one of my dreams is uh, speaking at TED or TEDx. Yes. Uh, yeah, that was absolutely one of my dreams as well. Um, <laughs> and, and I've had the, I've had the, the tremendous favor and blessing of giving to actually giving to TEDx talks. Uh, that that flow that flows into the work that I do on the side right now. I I have a podcast called The Follow Up Question, mm. where I'm exploring among other things how we find common ground, um, how we communicate well, and how we how we 
really communicating across disagreement or how we co-create new solutions to big problems by working together rather than trying to force others to change. So those those TEDx talks that I did came out of the exploration that I've been on on my show, my personal show. Um, and I've, I've had the chance and opportunity to talk to some incredible people, James. Mm. Uh, you know, everyone from, you know, professors and psychologists who study communication and common ground for a living and, and polarization. But I've also found a connection to people. You know, I interviewed the the scientist, the astronomer who led the team that took the first ever picture of a black hole. Like, and I was able to relate that back to our connectedness as human beings and our, our ability to work together to solve problems. Like, the people that I've had the chance and opportunity to connect with through that show, um, through my work as a marketer, uh, through through our show at the receptionist called The Fabric Show, which we can get into. Uh, yeah, it just, it leads to, it leads to learning things about people and the world that become the impetus to a TEDx talk. And like I said, I've been blessed to give two now and work with that organization um, to help others. I've been a coach uh, several times now, uh, a speaker coach several times through TEDx. And that honestly is what I enjoy more. <laughs> Rather than being on stage, I enjoy yeah. helping others bring out their ideas. So that this sounds like it could be a really interesting topic, but we're going to ask you, I'm going to just put the, the follow-up question in the show notes. And uh, it sounds very interesting because in this world where we are polarized, people don't feel like they're listening to each other and they just give up and, you know, cut out the other people or tune them off or tune them out. Yeah. Uh, this is a, an, a it, so, it sounds very important. <laughs> it sounds like <laughs> well, what the world just, needs. To relate it to your audience. Um, one of the things that I'm exploring a lot right now on the show is what I call the psychology of change. I've I've talked with a lot of psychologists, a lot of experts in the space uh, to to know enough about how and why and and what precipitates somebody changing that mm -hmm, it's it's mm -hmm. a fascinating thing for therapists to to know and understand what prompts somebody to change and and honestly, you know, this may be simplifying it down perhaps a little bit too much, but what is therapy if not someone asking someone questions to help guide them through a change that they come to a realization themselves rather than forcing someone to change? If a therapist is forcing someone to change or giving someone direction on how they should change, I question whether that's really therapy. <laughs> that, that's like a life coach telling you what to do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah. if and we want to navigate through change, it's done through asking questions that help others, that hold space for others, that they might come to understand what change looks like for them. Is this going to be stuff. your third? Is this going to be your third TED talk? Because it sounds. I would awesome. be lying if I, I would be lying if I said I hadn't submitted that topic to a few TEDx. <laughs> it is, is very interesting. Like you had my attention uh, right away. Yeah. The psychology of change. Okay, so awesome. Well, thanks for that <laughs> wonderful introduction. Um, I'm already really learning and enjoying this conversation. So let's get into our segment on uh, tool, tip, and tech of the week. I, I, uh, I'll go first, and I uh, downloaded 
an audible book um two weeks notice from amy porterfield and the first tip it's like i'm only a chapter in but one of the first tips she she gave was like you to start something new you have to believe in yourself a fraction more than you doubt yourself and that just really resonates with me because oh you mentioned imposter syndrome in the beginning i'm a recovering of imposter syndrome uh, <laughs> um, client or whatever like i have that in spades and i'm always comparing myself to other people and what other people do or talking myself down like those negative thoughts but i do believe in myself and just having the permission to believe in myself not a whole lot more you know not like oh i have super confidence and i'm the best at everything but just i believe in myself more than my doubts give myself permission to believe in myself just a little bit more and i think that tips the scales and allows me to move forward where my my instinct would be like stay safe stay you know stay in your comfort zone don't make waves um but if you don't make waves you don't make changes and you don't make you know progress so uh, that was my um that was my tip from amy porterfield two weeks notice that's great. That's great. You, you know, it's so much, so much James is, is, um, so much of life is, is a continuum or a spectrum rather than a, a yes, no binary. You know, so many people look at, well, I'm, I'm a confident person or I'm not a confident person. Mm -hmm. That's a yes, no binary. Um, I, I look at the same way with curiosity and asking questions. I'm not a curious person or I am a curious person. Well, no. Those things are those things are a practice, not a trait. Like the mm. fact that I don't have hair, that's a trait. But I can be a curious, I can be just a, a slightly more curious person. I can practice being a more curious person. I can practice being a more confident person. And that leads me down the road to improving in my confidence rather than saying, you know, I reached this destination where all of a sudden I am a confident person. That's not how the world works. Mm. So I, I love that tip. I love that. That's that's great. <laughs> Well, thank you. So what uh, what is your tool tip or tech of the week? Yeah, um, you see on the wall behind me the word respectful. Mm -hmm. And I mentioned earlier our show here at the Receptionist, our podcast is called The Fabric Podcast. And fabric is actually our core values as a company. Fun, authentic, bold, respectful, innovative, and collaborative. Happy accident that it spelled out the word fabric. Mm -hmm. But those are our core values that we live by. Um, that we that every single person in this company knows and understands. Well, the word respect or respectful behind me. There's a definition under the underneath the word respectful that um, we characterize as under the phrase assume positive intent. Mm. Assume positive intent of someone else, um, even when you disagree, even when there is conflict present. Assume that your coworker, in this instance wants what's best for the company. They want what's best for us as an organization. And in so many companies, we see infighting. We see people jockeying for position uh, to do what's best for them and their career or them and their department, perhaps. If we go into a conversation where we know we disagree, but we're assuming positive intent, we're not going in we're not going in from a place of fighting about what we disagree on. We're going in from a position of understanding that we both have similar 
or common values or goals. And we can work through that. We're now coming at it from a place of collaboration, which the C in fabric is collaborative. We're now coming at it at a place where we're, we've put on our problem solving hat rather than our, you know, I'm going to win and beat you hat, right. if that makes any sense. So yeah, you're on the same this side. Can extend, you are. You're, you're on the same, the same team company, trying doing to do the, the same, same things with, <laughs> exactly. with the same goals. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So assume positive intent. And, and how would your life change if you did that more? Not just at work, but in all aspects of your life. If you assumed positive intent of human beings, how would your life change? Uh, we should pause for 30 seconds <laughs> and just like think about that for a second. Like, how would your relationship with your partner be, your relationship with your boss, the relationship with your coworkers, your children, the, the people who cut you off in traffic? You know, mm -hmm. everyone, um, if, if we could assume positive intent, how would our life be? Oh, here, here's one, James. What would, how would your life change if you assumed positive intent of a politician you disagreed with? I Wildly I, uncomfortable to think about and do, but how would your life change? How would your life change? <laughs> uh, uh, I'm short circuiting right now. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to have to write that one down and just think about it. But I, I, I agree. Um, I think, I think I, I learned that from the book, crucial confrontations or maybe crucial conversations. Um, it's up on my wall. And that's why I was looking up for those of you who are in yeah. the video show. Uh, <laughs> just like if you don't come, come there, what you, in the problem of not assuming pro positive intent is you fill it with fears or you fill it with the negative stuff. If you're not assuming positive intent, the, the absence of that, you make up stories in your head and what stories yes, do. do we make up? Well, they're trying to cheat me or the absence of knowledge leads to something negative. And so that does not lead to anything positive, especially when you're disagreeing. So you nailed it. You nailed it, James. Thanks. <laughs> Great stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, okay. Wow. Uh, we, we could have like three shows here, but we're going to move into <laughs> our main segment with Michael because uh, I met him and he talked about what he, uh, the receptionist. And because we're a podcast for therapists who are trying to grow and scale, and one of the ways they grow and scale is systems. What are the systems that you can put in place? that make your job easier, quicker, cheaper, or just better. You know, it doesn't have to be cheaper if you love your life more because you put it in. And he was talking about his, um, the, the, the company, the receptionist. So I'm going to let him talk about that. And also the problem, like what is the problem in therapy offices today or offices in general with, um, with receptionists? So, uh, can you talk, talk about that, Michael? Of course, James, I can talk about this all day long. Uh, <laughs> so uh, let me let me tell you a story. Um, yeah. Let's say you are a therapist. And you're listening to this show right now. I'm assuming that you are or some sort of private practitioner. Um, <clears throat> so you're sitting in your you're sitting in your office. The door is closed. The white noise machine is going. You're mm -hmm. sitting in the office with uh, a current patient or client. You're having a great session. And you happen to glance at the clock on the wall and notice that you've got five minutes left. 
And so you're you're thinking about how do we wrap this up? How do we how do we, you know, kind of bring this to a head? And you hear the door outside in your lobby or your your front office open and close. And you've still got five minutes left with this with this patient in front of you. But now your attention is divided. Who just walked in that door? Was it your next appointment? Mm. Um, do they know what to do? Do they know where you're at? Do they, do they, it could be a new person, somebody you've never met before and they have no idea what they're walking into. Is it somebody coming in for the first time for services or to, to learn more about your business? So it's a potential new prospect walking in just off the street. Um, is, it a, is it a delivery? Is your lunch here? You know, and or, you know, your Amazon package, it, it's it's delivered there and it's the thing that you were waiting on. If it, if it's food, that's the thing I'm always waiting on. Mm -hmm. But you don't know. And so all of a sudden, as a as the practitioner, as the therapist, your level of anxiety goes up and now your attention is divided between the person right in front of you mm -hmm. and who just walked through that door. And do they know what to do? That that is the story that we hear over and over and over again in terms of what therapists and private practice owners uh, struggle with all the time. So we often hear the story of I have to interrupt my patient and poke my head out and see if it's my my patient. And if you're in a, a group practice or if you're in a, a practice with maybe two or three therapists, all three of you are doing it. Oh, is it my patient? Nope, not my patient. So you have this kind of like crick your neck around the corner to see. And then you have that awkward confrontation of, oh, you're not my patient. Uh, I'm just going to slink back into my office now. Well, Somebody will be right with you. And <laughs> go ahead. I, well, I've, I've gone to some therapy sessions where they do that. They come out, check. But often, because often that, that last 10 minutes of a session is super critical. Like it is where somebody, this always happens. Somebody shares, they drop, you know, you got five minutes left in the session and they dropped the bomb that they should have <laughs> dropped 10 minutes ago. So now you're trying to do, or 30 minutes ago. So now you're trying to do damage control and then somebody comes in, you pop out and then the moment is broken and yep. you, you never get back to it or you don't make the points or you, they feel uh, the client doesn't feel uh, valued or respected. And then they like clam up and you're like, oh, what happened? It's it's that break in the last five or 10 minutes that can be um, detrimental to to the therapy session. Absolutely. That, I mean, in yeah. my own in my own therapy, uh, you know, <laughs> when I've been in therapy, I've experienced that same thing. So you're, you're absolutely yeah. right, James. And yeah, we hear when, that all the time. Yeah. Uh, yes, I I. Wait, oh, man, I, I used to work with some psychiatrists who were, you know, they're busy people. And if if the scheduling got messed up and they were on call during the same time they were doing therapy and they had to take a call during the session or just even just a minute, it it just changed the mood of the, the room. And uh, that is that is a significant issue. You're so right. <laughs> and so our system helps alleviate that uh that that scenario that that i just laid out for you that you <laughs> confirmed for me james oh yeah i've experienced uh, as it. as a problem that that is what our system helps solve so we are a visitor check-in system um now we we serve many different industries and many different companies and, and company types but 
we have hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of therapy offices that use us for that exact scenario that no longer do I have to break my attention away from the person right in front of me, my patient right in front of me to go check the front door. Because when that person walks in, they're greeted with an iPad kiosk that says, tap here to check in. And they check in, they find a picture of who they're there to check in. They maybe input their initials so that, um, so that the, the person who's notified knows who's next, who's coming up. And then that practitioner receives a, te a text or an email or perhaps a Slack message um, that lets them know, hey, your next appointment's arrived. So it's setting expectations. The person, the, the therapist has set the expectation that, hey, I'm with you right now mm -hmm. in this session. I'm going to be here till the end. And the person who just walked in the door has the expectation set that I have, I've been checked in. My practitioner, my therapist knows that I'm here. I can sit and enjoy the hot tea or the hot coffee. I can flip through the magazine. I can perhaps watch the the TV screen if you've got one. Like we can now begin to reduce some of the anxiety around the process of walking into the office that uh, so many folks I think experience without a system like ours. So that is what our system does. Is is it is literally a visitor check-in system that checks in someone and notifies the therapist that their uh, next appointment has arrived. Yeah, uh, it, especially in the offices where there isn't a person there. It's just, you know, a, a waiting room with offices around. Um, yes. <laughs> people could come in and it says, sit down. Somebody will be with you shortly. But how do you know? Like, I've heard horror stories of people waiting for 15, 20 or more minutes in and nobody's nobody's even there or their therapist yeah. isn't there in the office. They thought it was a Zoom meeting. And so then. Then then they're just waiting and it's just not a great customer experience. Um, and and you you did bring out the anxiety because going yeah. to a therapy office sometimes isn't the most comfortable thing to do. You're already anxious. Right. And if you have right. to worry about. Is does somebody even know I'm here? It it's going to heighten the anxiety, and I think um, oh man, I can't remember what book or where I, where I read this, but the the user experience coming into the office sets up the the success of the therapy session. Like if 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 you can find parking, if the parking lot is clean, if you have a good reception, you know, a good system for checking people in, people tend to follow the instructions of the therapist or their doctor more than if they had a bad experience. You know, somebody checked them in and it was rude. Uh, they waited for a long time and then they're like, oh, your, your appointment isn't for another hour because they got the time wrong like that whole experience mm -hmm. impacts the success of the appointment have you have you done does that track with you oh absolutely what the therapists that we work with i am blown away by how much attention to detail they put into the entirety of the patient experience mm, yeah patient from, experience from yeah. from the the way the couches are or chairs are set up in the front lobby to the the way that their office furniture is arranged and the plant types that they have in there and the lighting and the music 
and and even down to the the confirmation emails that they get letting them know like hey your appointment's been scheduled like they care naturally i would expect this of a of a therapist <laughs> right they care so much about the patient experience this just happens to be one of those areas where they they have struggled historically i feel like to to find a solution that works for them you know we hear all the time people like trying to manipulate ring doorbells <laughs> oh. um as as a kind of a solution to this or you know have a have a an actual ring bell that you tap and it mm -hmm. rings out to let somebody know it's one less thing that someone has to think about when they're coming into your office mm -hmm. because and i i know this from my own therapy experience you have so many things going through your mind in terms of what you want to talk to your therapist about mm -hmm. that if you keep adding on things that I have to think about or be worried about, does my therapist know I'm here? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, <laughs> you know, how do I check in? Uh, where do I go? What office are they in if you're in, in a multiple office mm -hmm. situation? If I can take those things off the plate for my clients... That, like you just said, James, makes the entirety of the experience so much more enjoyable. I'm in such a better mindset going into the appointment than had I had all these other things to think about that were kind of piling up as I'm thinking about what I want to talk to my therapist about. <laughs> yeah. It's just one, one, more, one more thing that says you're important, you matter, you're, yeah. you're going to have a good, you know, we're going to treat you right here. It's not the only thing, but it's just one more message to communicate your importance. And, and so, here's, here's something that we, we have noticed and heard from a lot of our, our customers in this space as well that I think is super, super important. Uh, so many therapists and, and psychologists, they're, they're in private practice. It's their business. They're doing it on their own. You know, there are, of course, large group practices or, or large social work settings where you know, a lot of people get their feet wet, but then it, I think a lot of people in this space want to break out and start their own private practice, mm -hmm. right? Well, you become a business owner at that point. You're not just a therapist, you're a business owner and you've got to manage and run the business as much as you have to run your therapy sessions. And one of the things that we hear from our customers is that having a system like this in place that looks great, that flows wonderfully, that presents a level of professionalism to the th to the clients walking in the door. I heard this from one of our customers, um, Kelly Ulmer. She runs Bloom Counseling and Nutrition up in Fort Collins, Colorado. She said, having a system like this made me feel legitimate as a business owner. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, I'm a good therapist and I can help people and, and I do a great job helping people there. But on the business side of things, the things that I didn't go to school for, having a yeah. great professional looking system in place made me feel legit. Yeah. And that's important for a private practice owner or, or a therapist. And you don't even have to be in private practice. You can be in a group practice mm -hmm. and, and feel that level of <laughs> legitness when yeah. you have a system that, that thinks about the entirety of the patient experience like this one does. I bet that's one thing that therapists love about the system, like feeling professional and, and feeling like you, you have something, some system in place that communicates your professionalism. What are some other things that therapists might love about the system? Uh, it's the other, the, the main way that therapists get noticed or notified, excuse me, of a patient's arrival is through text message. 
-hmm. And so they can be anywhere in their building or they could Mm be, you know, still running in from the parking lot and get that message. And you have the ability to just shoot a quick message back like, hey, I'll be right there. Um, Where does that so message just, go? Does it go to their the client's cell it can phone? Go back to the, it can go back to the iPad. Oh, yeah. can go to the iPad. It can go back to the iPad. Um, but if a, if a, let's say a therapist is just finishing up notes from the last session and they're not quite ready yet, um, then that can be a great help to just let the person mm-hmm. know like, hey, be there in two minutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they love the fact that they can put their faces mm-hmm. in the system so that the the client knows who they're seeing, mm-hmm. especially for the first time. Yeah. You know, again, oh, if I'm yeah. coming in for the first time and maybe I saw your your picture on your website, but people look different in professional headshots versus how they actually show up in real life. We all know that. And so if I can do that, then I can I can attach a face to a name there. Mm. Our clients absolutely love that. Um, and one part, one aspect that we've we've kind of touched on, but we haven't like really called it out immediately is they love the fact that it reduces that patient anxiety. That it's one, like I said earlier, it's one less thing for the patient to to have to to worry about. So they the the therapist knows when their patient has arrived and the the patient knows I someone knows I'm here. Yeah, <laughs> that's a that's big, and that the therapist is not wasting time. You know, maybe they didn't hear the door open and close, but some. I, this has been my experience. I walked into my therapist's office and I sat there for a good ten minutes. It's it's ten minutes past my appointment time, and my therapist walks out and he goes, "Oh, Michael, I didn't even know you were yeah. here. I didn't hear you come in." So. Again, it's just now you're cutting into their hours. Maybe you're you're <laughs> maybe you have to backfill at some point. It mm-hmm. just it can cause headaches. So um, yeah, it's I, I I go back to I keep using the word anxiety. You know, not not in a clinical sense, mm-hmm. but it's just a heightened level of this on edgeness that I think people feel that we can help reduce. There are ways we can help reduce that. Great. Uh, what about what uh what about the clients do do you get any feedback from the clients about the system the uh the 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 clients of the therapist what do they say about yeah. the system well our our customers so the therapists tell us that uh people love it because mm-hmm. one of the things that they don't like doing if there is somebody at the front desk um or if there are other people in the waiting mm-hmm. area mm-hmm. they don't like saying out loud who they are and who they're there to see Again, it's just one less thing that they have to worry about. So if they can discreetly check in on the iPad, type in their initials maybe, or, you know, first initial uh, or first name, last initial to to be compliant there. Um, And then let their therapist know in a discreet way, they can just, they can just be there. And I think that's what so many people um, we hear is our patients just want to show up and they want to get into the session as quickly as possible without really being noticed. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and and I've had I've had therapists tell me like, that's something that we want to help them work through is a little bit of that social anxiety, but we want to get them there. Uh, mm-hmm. We don't want to add to that social anxiety with with mm-hmm. our check in process. So uh, we get feedback all the time that that the people actually checking in the, the customers, the, the clients, I should say, love it because mm-hmm. of just the the ability of being seen and the ability of being discreet with their check-in. 
Yeah. And we've hit it a couple of times, but just removing the fear that does anybody yeah. know I'm here? Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's, that's the number one problem yeah. that our, our system helps solve for the, for the client, for the customer. Yeah. So uh, maybe we've covered some of this, but we, we are the, the scaling therapy practice. So how would a system of the receptionist, how would the, that type of system help a therapy practice or just an individual, you know, grow and scale their, their business? It gives you your time back. It gives you back time is, is what I would say is the, the biggest outcome of all of this. You as the therapist are not getting up from your seat to leave your appointment or to leave taking finishing up your notes to go check and see if your next appointment is there. Um, you don't have somebody who's in charge of checking in people. Perhaps that's a cost savings or something that you simply can't afford, but you want a, a nice professional way to check in people. Saves you time, saves you money there. Uh, and And then again, I think there is something really valuable in and we hear it all the time, this, this notion of feeling more legit as a business owner. Um, that, is, that is really important when you're trying to grow and scale your business is feeling like you've got some answers. You're a great therapist. And, and you want to be a great business owner too. And, and having systems in place that allow you to be more efficient with your time, that allow you to um, provide a better experience for your customers, for your patients, all helps you grow and scale. If you offer up a great experience for your clients, they're going to tell other people. And I know the therapy world is a little bit different in the terms of referrals and, and you know, how you can actually share information about, <laughs> about your yeah. clients. We, we want to keep the, that private. But I know I've told people that my therapist is great. You know, that, but that's on me that and, and it's because I've had, you know, wonderful experiences. And if we can provide more of that, then then our businesses grow. Yeah, uh, people people will share their positive experiences, but they will definitely share their negative experiences. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. oh man, <laughs> I waited 30 minutes and nobody checked me in or like or the yeah. other side. Hey, I have this problem with my my child. Oh, well, I know a great therapist. You know, and I had a great experience there. They, they'll definitely share when prompted. Um, yes, they will. Yes, they will. So, can can I, can I ask about cost? Like, how much does this cost? Of course, like, of course. Uh, yeah. Uh, what does this cost? So, our, all all of our pricing is on our website, so we're very transparent there. So, we price based on how many employees are in the system who can be notified of a visitor's arrival. So for most therapy offices, you're going to be on our cheapest tier, which is zero to 24 employees in the system. And that is $49 a month as of recording this episode, $49 a month. Now, if you sign up for a free trial at thereceptionist.com and you mention this show, uh, we'll give you your first month free. Okay. So uh, not only will you get the 14-day free trial, but then we'll give you a month free on top of that. Uh, just for uh, being a wonderful listener of this show. So we'll save you a little bit of money there as well. <laughs> okay, good. Because when I, when I first went to your website and I saw like the price was like $500, I'm like, $500 a month? I'm not sure. Oh, that's annually. I yeah. know, I know. I'm like, <laughs> I, I, was, I was thinking, oh, $500, it's not too bad, but it seems a little 
more than what I thought I'd need to be a group practice. But then I, I realized yeah. my mistake. It was, it was like 50 <laughs> bucks or something a month. 49, he it. said, for the, the, the smaller package. And I'm like, oh, okay. That's not, it, it's, it, it start, the wheels started turning. Like that seems affordable, especially if you're looking for a, um, like a, a nice way to check people in. And it's cheaper yeah. than if you can't afford. So I worked in the virtual assistant world and a lot of people were trying to figure out how to, um, how, how to do the check-in without hiring somebody because hiring somebody, yes, you know, when you're just starting out, you don't have enough, you know, you don't necessarily have enough resources to put somebody at a desk the full time. So what's the alternative? Right. Um, and and as you said, a lot of people came up with some weird things with the ring doorbell or, you know, lots of, lots of, lots of different ways to do it weren't quite professional. So yeah, that, that seems, yeah. um, anyways, all I wanted to say was it's cheaper than I thought it would be. It's oh, good, good. <laughs> yeah, my, 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 uh, my, my story was, I thought it was a lot like, I was like, oh, it might be worth it for four or $500, but actually it's much cheaper. So that was my story that, when I looked it up. Uh, what are other cost actually includes another month free. So okay. you could get up to two months free if you wanted to just pay for a full year. But uh, okay. yeah, make sure you mention this show. <laughs> uh, the scaling therapy practice. So um, what are what are other practice. costs? Like, do you do you provide the iPad or do they have can they use any iPad? Like, how how does that work? Yeah, as long as it's running um, the most recent uh, iOS mm -hmm. and two versions prior will so we'll support that you can source your own ipad you can source your own kiosk we do sell those they're, they're called a receptionist in a box and it comes fully assembled you just turn on the ipad download the app and you're ready to go um but uh if you wanted to source all that yourself and find maybe a used ipad mm -hmm. we have a lot of customers that do that um and uh find a, a, a simple stand on amazon for instance mm -hmm. uh, we have a lot of customers that do that but uh, again, we do sell those packages, but uh, you know, there are there are cheaper alternatives okay. as well. I'll say. <laughs> but if somebody just wants um, the other all than in that, one, what's that? Well, if just somebody's like, I don't want to take the time. Just please, just sell it to me. You have those options. Yeah, absolutely, we do. Yes, and we that's we call it receptionist in a box. We also refer to it as our easy button. So. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, you can just click it, buy it, and it shows up at your door a few days later and you're ready to go. Um, but other than that, yeah, that, that's the only other cost. Uh, support is included. We trademarked the phrase radical support. Uh, so we we do support a little bit differently here. Some days you may find our CEO, our, our uh, president and CEO, Andy Alsop, answering a support chat. Everyone at some point is involved in support in the entirety of the company. And uh, we we believe in supporting our customers in a way that they've never been supported before, no matter what system that they're using. So put put us to the test and share your favorite GIF in a chat. We love to share GIFs. <laughs> awesome. Uh, so I'm I'm just just to clarify, it just works on iPad, I guess, not any other. Correct. System. Yes. Okay. So yes. it has to be an iPad. But all right, um, you got before, it. Before we wrap up this segment, anything else you wanted to share about the receptionist or anything we didn't? really cover that you, that um would be beneficial um you know we just created a guide that we're really proud of here um it's called level up your private practice 
And it is, we did it in partnership with an organization called Hushmail. I'm sure many of yeah. your listeners, I'm sure you're you're familiar with them. Uh, wonderful uh, HIPAA compliant email service here in the in the space. Uh, we did we created this guide in partnership with Hushmail. And what it is is it's a it's a guide of all the ways that we as as our companies, so the receptionist in Hushmail, have grown and scaled our businesses. And now we're we're we packaged it in such a way that it makes sense for the therapy space. Um, and for folks starting up a private practice, how do you think about marketing, understanding that you have different different things that you're regulated by, HIPAA being one of them? Um, how do you think about growing and scaling your business through speaking opportunities? Um, you know, what do you what do you put on your website? How do you think about search engine optimization? All these things that we've learned, we want to give that to you all. So it's a free guide. I'll share the link with you, James, so you can uh, throw ah, it in I the show it. notes. But yep. That, yeah, I mean, um, I went, I went as you were talking about it, like that sounds awesome. So I, I threw it in the <laughs> chat. So I'm, I'll be getting that very soon good. for myself. I'll put it in the show notes. Um, we love ideas like that on how to grow and scale your business and learning from other people. I mean, that's one of the big things yeah. about this show is other people have done it and they're sharing their stories of how they're succeeding. And I really have been enjoying this conversation about this system, like. I love systems. I love set it and forget it type <laughs> systems. I love things that make yeah. my life easier and save me time. So this this uh, this product was right up my alley. Um, and now I have something to, if somebody asks me, hey, what should I do about receptionists? I have another, you know, tool in the toolbox to refer to people. Well, you know, as the marketing director, I love hearing that, James. So <laughs> <laughs> thank, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yep. Well, you, uh, so, so let's, uh, let's move to our one thing. Uh, what's one thing you want the audience to know about your, uh, the, about the show, just one, th one takeaway from the show. And normally I have my takeaway already in my head, but I've been like enthralled in this conversation and I forgot that I had to start thinking about a one thing. <laughs> um, I can go first if it helps uh, if you. If <laughs> you have it, if you have it, good. It'll give me a second to like, to, to go through all the great content. I've been taking notes. I don't know if you've seen me in the video. Like, I yeah, yeah. Notes, but, uh, yeah. What's your one thing? Um, my one thing is, um, I guess I, I got a little bit of confirmation that the, the things that we hear from therapists and other private practice owners in this space is, is actually a shared problem or a shared story. Um, many, many folks in this space experience the things that you and I just kind of lamented about a little bit here, James, for the last 30, 45 minutes or so. Um, so it, it is a very real thing. That's that's my takeaway is that the problem that we're we're trying to solve here at the receptionist is a very real thing that affects people's mm. ability to do their job to the best of their ability. And, and that's my takeaway is like, this is, this is a legit thing. And, um, you know, there, one customer of ours who, who I spoke with said, while, while it can be difficult to invest money in, in systems, it's always been worth it for her because of the time that she got back, because of the ways that she was able mm -hmm. to divert her time and attention to things that that mattered most in terms of actually going and growing the business, fighting new clients, um, promoting her services. Yes, the initial like cost may may 
cause a little lump in your throat. But she said it's always been worth it, and the receptionist for iPad is is included in that in that list of things that has been worth it for her. So that's my takeaway. Cool. Well, I want to say it's assume positive intent, but um, I'm gonna because of my one thing is I think that's key for relationships. But um, as we move forward, I think owning the customer experience was what kind of hit me. Uh, you can do a lot of little things to create the environment for your customer, for the person coming into the office that demonstrates you matter, you're important, you're going to have a good time here, even before you say anything. And having a friction-free check-in process um, is just one part of that customer, owning the customer experience so that that you they can have um, be in their best position to receive the service that you're delivering to them. So that is my one thing, own the customer experience. You, you want to write some marketing content for me, James? Like, <laughs> oh man, that's all I've been doing. Uh, Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, okay, marketing. So la so moving on, um, where can we, like Michael, thanks so much for joining us. This has been of course. a really exhilarating uh talk i've i've learned a lot it's given me a lot to think about so where can i experience more of your stuff like what what are the links and places we can go to find more that you have to share yeah um i would say the hub of all things receptionist is thereceptionist.com uh and and again there you can sign up for a free trial you can uh Find more information specific to behavioral health care and, and therapy offices. Uh, we have a we have a product tour that walks you through our product. That's a, a short eight minute video where you get to actually it's hosted by me, <laughs> uh, where you get to to see the inner workings of the system. So go check that out. Um, and then I would say listen to our show. Our our show, the Fabric Show or the Fabric Podcast, is available anywhere you can find podcasts, and it's. It's diving into and exploring company culture and how that grows and scales as a company grows and scales. So check that out. And then for me, my stuff personally can all be found at my website. It's michaelashford.com. Um, you can find links to my TEDx talks there if you're interested in it. You can find, of course, my podcast and all that good stuff there. So michaelashford.com. Great. Uh, it was a wealth of information. Um... Michael, this was an, an amazing interview. Uh, thanks so much for being on the show. Thank you for having me, James. I, I strongly appreciate it. Okay. Very much so. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, to the audience, thanks so much for listening. Thanks for spending this the 40, 40 minutes with us. I do really appreciate everyone who listens, who shares the show, who um, rates and reviews us. It's, uh, it's really... Uh, it, it's it's a pleasure and uh, to serve you and a passion of mine to help you grow and scale your business. Uh, please check out the receptionist and all the resources. The, they'll all be in the show notes. The links will be there. The TEDx talks, uh, the links to the to the podcasts. So this is James Marland with Michael Ashford with the Scaling Therapy Practice. Uh, just remember to keep making those small steps that lead to big results. We'll see you next time. I really enjoyed that episode. Remember to email me at, at james at coursecreationstudio.com 
to let me know what topic we should ask Michael to come back and speak on. Uh, he, the, I could tell he's just has so much more to give. So hopefully he'll come back and um, give us a good, another great interview. Uh, remember to go to the show notes. There are some amazing links there. Uh, there's the builder type assessment. There's my new webinar on the six steps for launching a profitable online course. Uh, there's also a handout there. If you don't want to go to the webinar, you just want to read about it. So that's the how to launch a profitable online course. Uh, along, along with the other links for the books and things we talked about. I want to thank those of you who have been liking the show and reviewing on Apple Podcasts. I'm going to read another review by L. Gordon. Gordonub. I did my best there, L. Gordonub. And it says, what a great podcast. If you're trying to figure out the best way to scale your practice without having to see more clients, this is the one to listen to. James and David know what they are doing and have knowledge and experience to get you there. Thank you for sh- th- thank you for starting this podcast. Thank you for listening. And that just brings me to the conclusion. Thank you. You know, really, do I do thank you for listening to the episode on giving us your time. Uh, I do pre- I appreciate what you're doing. And for all the, those of you who have been liking the show and sharing the podcast, uh, thanks so much. It helps us to reach more people and to produce more content. So that is amazing. Thank you for that. Here's the disclaimer. Uh, Thanks for listening to the podcast. Please note that the information provided in this podcast is for educational purposes only and is not intended to be legal or tax advice. If you require legal or tax advice, please consult a licensed professional in your area. Uh, Thanks again for listening. The Scaling Therapy Practice is part of the SciCraft Network.